We've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit over the last few weeks. We continue to do that. Uh, The action that the Spirit of God has in us are the result of the Spirit of God in us. Today I want us to look at peace, uh, that passage from Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Verse 24, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Earlier in that chapter, Paul had listed the deeds of the flesh. But now, in us, that old self is to be dead. Verse 25, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit, and let us not become conceited, provoking one another to envy, uh, envying one another. The child of God has peace, or should have peace. Uh, We live in peace because sin should not be within us anymore. It's been removed in Christ. Uh, The sin that once separated us from God is not there. Uh, Our sin had caused strife between us and God, enmity. But in Jesus, that sin is removed. We're reunited with God and now have peace with God. We're at peace with each other, or we ought to be, because now we're not living by the deeds of the flesh, but we're living by the fruit of the Spirit and kindness, as opposed to strife and and problems and We're at peace because we act toward each other with kindness and gentleness and self-control and love. Like the fruit of the Spirit has built within us. We're at peace because, well, we are now peacemakers. That's who we are in Jesus. At least, that's who we should be. Uh, And we are at peace within ourselves. We have an inner peace within ourselves now because we're not struggling against God. We're not struggling uh, with others without direction, without hope. Within us, there is a sense of, of duty. There is a sense of nearness to God, a sense uh, of God in us. And so now we can celebrate the Spirit of God in us. That's us. That's the Winsboro Church. That's who we are. That's who we intend to be. We are God's people and we live in peace. We have a sense of peace with one another. We enjoy peace with God because we've been freed from sin. We enjoy peace with God because we are no longer striving against Him, but for Him. We... We are united for the cause of Christ. We are united in His service. And so we have a sense of family here, a dear sense of family. We love one another as family. We want that to be seen in our community. We want to, in fact, love the community around us, the people around us. We believe we are at peace also with ourselves Because we have the forgiveness of God and we 
are not overrun with anxiety, with worry, because we have trust and confidence in our God. We, we need to understand that sin can make us an enemy with God. In fact, if you've been reading, and, and I'm sure everybody has, and they're up to date, and they've read now the book of Isaiah, uh, toward the end of Isaiah chapter 59, uh, Isaiah says, and he's talking to Israel, uh, and they thought, well, you know, God's always going to be on our side, and he tells uh, Israel, he tells Jerusalem, no, because your sin has made you God's enemy. Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot say, or his ear dull, that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not hear. Sometimes that's hard for us to understand. You know, God loves us. God's not a... Well, yes, God always loves. But when we live in rebellion to him... We drive him away. Uh, we think, well, how does my sin against, against you or, or somebody, you know, how does that offend God? Well, because it's against the nature of God, the character of God. All sin is really against God. Whether it's uh, against ourselves or whether it's against uh, each other, uh, every sin, all sin, is in reality is against God. That may be difficult for us to understand, but it's probably hard for us to understand because, well, we're the ones who are sinning. Uh, uh, we're the ones uh, trying to self-justify. We'd like to live by our own rules. We do that so that, you know, we paint the picture so that we don't look quite so bad. But we need to remember Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, there is a way that seems right to man, but the end is the way of death. Our vision can be so easily incorrect, wrong. Or Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and despicably sick. Who can understand it? You hear all the time, well, just follow your heart. No! <laughs> because some, the heart can be so wrong. Follow the Word of God. You see, we're all sinners, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And that sin in our lives makes us at odds with God, builds an enmity, a, a conflict between us and God. That's been the way of the world since the very beginning. Adam and Eve sinned, introduced sin into the world, and Satan deceived them, and Satan continues to deceive us. And we are all sinners because we all sin. It's not that we inherited it. We, we just follow in the footsteps of Adam. We've been doing that now. The world, the human population has been doing that for as long as there has been people. Death was the result of Adam and Eve's sin, and it's also the result of our sin. It is now the future for all of us because we all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. Sins in this world. We live in a world that has fallen. Satan's the father of lies. He's lying to us all the time. He's trying to deceive us into to rebelling against God. John 8 Verse 44, you are your father, the devil, 
and your will is to do your Father's desires. So when we sin, we follow the desires of Satan. John wrote that those who practice sin belong to the devil. That's why we are at odds with God. That's why sin makes us an enemy of God. Because it puts us in the camp of Satan. First John chapter eight, verse uh, chapter three, verse eight. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. <laughs> That's the great thing now, because Jesus came as a peacemaker to change this dynamic so that we might have peace with God. Sinners can be forgiven and have peace with God, live in peace with God. God was the first peacemaker, I guess you could say. While we were still sinners, Jesus came to reconcile, to bring peace. As uh, Blair, uh, whatever your first name is, Alan, <laughs> as senior moment there, uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Our 1 Corinthians chapter 1, or rather Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heavens, making peace by the blood of his cross. We have peace with God, the forgiveness of our sin, because Jesus brings that to us. He reconciles us to God. He took the punishment for our sins on himself. We can now rejoice in peace, knowing that God, our Father, welcomes us with open arms. Because now we are forgiven. He joyfully celebrates our return. Because we now have peace with God, we can have peace within. We're, we're not troubled. We're not, we're not conflicted. Jesus brings peace. After the resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples. And now, because forgiveness is now made, atonement for sin now is made. He tells his disciples, John 14, verse 18, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus spoke of an inter, inside peace. Uh, not necessarily a life without troubles, a life without enemies in this world but a sense of inner peace because we are one with God, united with God, forgiven by God. We won't always have peace with everybody because there's going to be people in this world who still follow Satan and who see us uh, as an enemy, who, who do not appreciate our devotion to God. But Christians can live in peace because of what Jesus did on the cross we can have peace with God and with ourselves. When we're right with God, 
we can have a peace that supersedes human understanding, supersedes the problems around us, supersedes the conflicts in this world. We can have peace because we're one with God. We're not fighting against God. We're not in in a struggle with Him. We have security in Him. There, there's a story in the ministry of Jesus that helps us to understand this. Uh, he had been in Capernaum healing there. That was the time when he healed Peter's mother-in-law. And such a large crowd gathered wanting to see Jesus, wanting to perhaps have a healing as well. And Jesus spent that day healing and teaching. But he decided to retreat with his disciples and they got into a boat. Capernaum's on the Sea of Galilee. And they were going to go across the sea. And so they got in the boat. I'm sure Jesus was exhausted from the day of work. He laid down and went to sleep. And they're crossing the Sea of Galilee and a storm comes up. And the disciples become frightened that they're going to die there in the storm. Jesus is still asleep. They wake him up, uh, feared. Uh, Matthew chapter 8, beginning at verse 23. And when he got into the boat, the disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. They went and woke him, uh, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he arose, then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea. It was a great calm. The men marveled, saying, what sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Jesus was at rest. At rest with himself because of his relationship with God. He was at rest or at peace with himself. Because he knew what he was doing. Uh, He knew the work he was doing was the work of God. The storm may have been raging all around him, but he was at peace. And, And with faith, that can be our life as well. The storm in this life, the world around us may be raging, but... In God, we can be at peace. Jesus was one with God. And he invites each one of us to have that same type of oneness with God. Peace with God. He invites each one of us to a peaceful, easy spirit. To borrow the words from a song. A spirit of God. Paul one of the apostles, the 13th that came later, or I guess you could say the 14th, counting Matthias. But years after diligent work, years after great hardship, years after imprisonments and beatings, shipwreck, all kinds of turmoil, he still had peace with God, lived at peace with God. Uh, the trials and the tribulations that he endured did not change the inner peace he had with God. Reading some of the his comments to the Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall 
Choose, I cannot. Uh, I'm sorry, let me read 20, verse 22 again. For if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor to me, yet uh, which I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. For that is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Dropping down later in the book in chapter 4, verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul was united with God in purpose, united with God in activity, in will, in desire for the church. And so he was at peace with himself. And with greater inner peace, he wasn't really concerned with the turmoil around him. If he lived, he lived. Great. If he died, well, he'd be with the Lord. He was at peace with who he was. At peace with the life he had lived. At peace in his relationship with God. We must be people of peace. That is a Christian call. To be at peace with ourselves, peace with the world around us, peace with our God. We're going to talk more about peace next week. We'll talk about how to live at peace with each other, with the world around us. That the kingdom of God is a place of peace, not a place of conflict. And that churches and Christians need to be seeking peace. Wherever they are, uh, Paul wrote to the Romans that the kingdom of God, uh, chapter 14, uh, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, uh, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. But that's next week. Inner peace. Peace with God. How can I do that? Well, the first thing I need to do is have peace with God. Romans 5 verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you surrendered your life to the Lord? Do you have peace with God? Have you crucified the old self, the, the, the one that practiced the deeds of the flesh, lived in conceit and sin and, and turmoil? Have you crucified that to allow the Spirit of God to give you new life in Christ? Bearing the old self to, so that the new self might live? You've heard this story before. This week, I, I got some, went through it again, some additional details. In the late 1800s, Horatio Stapford was a successful lawyer and businessman in Chicago. He and his wife, Anna, had five children. Uh, tragically, a son died fairly young uh, of pneumonia, 1871. That same year, was the year of the Chicago fire. His business is burned. And so he went from a successful lawyer and businessman with a family to having mourned the loss of a child and then losing all of his businesses. But yet, 
with God's mercy and grace, he began working again and, and reestablished his business and that began to flourish. He planned a trip to France with his wife and children, girls. November the 21st, 1873, uh, his family boarded a French ocean liner with 313 other passengers on their way to France. But at the last minute, he had a business situation that came up that he wasn't able to go. And so he sent them on ahead and he anticipated on uh, going the next week to be with them still. Uh, he would join them later. Four days out in the Atlantic ship on which they were traversing the Atlantic collided with another ship uh, and their ship began to sink. Realizing the great danger, Anna hurriedly brought her children to the deck. She prayed with them that they might have courage and that they might survive But within 12 minutes, the ship sank. The girls died, drowning. Two hundred and twenty-six others died in that same sea tragedy. Sailor in a rowboat found Mrs. Stafford floating on some of the wreckage, pulled her aboard, by another ship, they found their way to Wells Cock. She sent a telegram to her husband, saved alone. What shall I do? Among the other survivors of the shipwreck was a minister. Weiss, he recalled, talking with Anna, and Anna saying, God gave me four daughters. Now they have been taken from me. Someday, will I understand why? Mr. Safford booked bus, uh, passage immediately, and four days out, when they were at the same place where the ship would have gone down, he began to pen a song. It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught, me to say it is well it is well 
who is my song, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Though say should buffet, though trials shall, shall come. Let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my help. Bless us, and has shed his own blood for my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul, my sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul and Lord haste the day when the faith shall be signed the clouds be rolled back as the scroll the trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend, even so it is well with my soul.
with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Afterwards, the Stamfords deepened in their peace with God. We're blessed with three more children. A fourth died again of pneumonia. And in August 1881, Safford's moved to Jerusalem, established a mission there. A mission that still exists, providing for the needs of the poorest who live in that city. Orphanage, a clinic, They died there and are buried in Jerusalem. But it was well with their soul. How is it? It's because of who we are in God. It is because he builds within us a peace that the world does not understand. Philippians 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God has always wanted believers to have that peace a sense of his nearness, a sense of being so connected with him. You ever think about the words of Psalm 23? Maybe that's why that psalm is so dear to us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He stores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will Follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Is the Lord your shepherd? Have you professed your belief? Do you follow his lead? You've not been baptized in the Christ Jesus to be born again as one of the lambs of God. Be born today. 
the Lamb of God, child of His. Put your trust in the Lord. 